0: Welcome to the Seashore Church message of the week. This message is designed to bring more of heaven into your world today. For more resources like this, or to learn more about our church, visit seashorechurch.com.
1: Hey everybody, how okay. you doing?
0: Good. Hello. How it's is good everyone? good to see you
1: guys. So we've got uh, a couple of different audiences here. We have our Facebook audience. Live audience here uh, on one camera. We have our YouTube live audience on this camera, and we have our producer Sam audience over here sitting (laughs) on our couch. Romy says they're not audience. It's not audience, no,
0: it's people, people. Well,
1: it's great to have you guys with us, and uh, I'm just going to kick this over. Welcome to the headquarters of Clayton and Romy Ritter Intergalactic World Television (laughs) Ministries, otherwise known as our living room. (laughs) We're glad that you guys are here. And uh, And
0: again and again, just so you know, we have three kids and three dogs and there's two people here and there's a person over there. So this is our house. There will be some background noise and just hoping that you're all okay with it because everybody's in the house. Yeah. And this is how life is right now. So welcome to our lounge room.
1: Living room. Living room. Yeah, (laughs) lounge room (laughs) room in America,
0: lounge room in Australia.
1: It's Australian, (laughs) isn't it? So uh, we may have a dog run in and out of here. Hopefully we fix that one. We may have kids coming in and out. But like your house, um, our kids are just happy to be doing anything other than schoolwork right now, and uh, <laughs> or sitting on the couch, or cleaning house, or whatever we've delegated to them for the time being. Um, but yeah, we're, we're welcome to your living room. Welcome to our living room. I know that these times right now, uh, there's a lot of kind of online options for people, and I love the fact that I've been tuned into a lot of different churches, and And seeing what they're doing and it's been some really encouraging messages to hear from people and you know for us we we realize that probably the best uh, expression that we could have of what God's doing in our church right now is kind of just to welcome you into our own living room Uh, we really feel like there's revival that's happening here in our city not just in our city but actually in our country and in our world it's been happening in us it's been happening in a lot of the people in our church and revival was never centered around a building, was it?
0: No, no, never. And you know what? Even church, our understanding of what the church is and what the church is meant to be is not about the building. It's not about even the name over the, over the church door, the denomination. The church is the living, breathing people of God on the earth. It is. And so uh, we just have, it's like a reset. Last week we were talking about what we think is Holy Spirit is doing this great big, giving us the opportunity to reboot yeah. and understand again really what, what the heartbeat of what Jesus wants through the church and it yeah. is hearts connected in relationship with one another. And um, so, you know, I'm, I'm hoping and praying. We have primitives that go every day in our yep. church. My heart and my hope is that people would um, again just go, oh, what, what are the big important questions over my life? What, what really matters? What mm. do I want out of life? Who is it? Who is Jesus? And understanding then that our relationship mm. with him is the primary thing and that he's the foundation to all of what we do and everything, our life. And so with um, then that means I believe every word that he says about himself through scripture, like I have my Bible here. Yeah. And, so, and so this is a great time of rest a great time of reconnecting with family, revaluing what family is, revaluing then and understanding then what church is really all about, which is just, it's heart engagement, yeah. relationship one to another. Um, God is relational. He sent Jesus to, to relate to us and express yeah. um, who he is and not some distant father in heaven, mm. that he's right here with us through the Holy Spirit now with us. And so, yeah, it's, relationship is the key thing it is for the church so it is it's why you're in our lounge room <laughs>
1: <laughs> and we're glad you're join us if you're on facebook live we're going to look back and forth between two different cameras because we've got two different cameras for youtube and for facebook so thank you for bearing with us but we'd love to hear your comments we're not going to answer live to the comments because it's too far away but at the end of the message because uh, we're going to share some great stories with you today i'm excited about that we're going to answer your questions, um, and if you have any prayer requests at all, something you'd like—not just for Romy and I to pray for you, but something that our community uh, that's engaging and watching right now—we're going to all join together in prayer, aren't we? And uh, you can just put those in a message, and at the end of this, we'll go scroll through those and we'll pray individually for them as well, too. If you're watching on YouTube. Our comments, I believe, are open on YouTube. Um, so somebody send us a comment on YouTube if you're watching, so we know that they are. I <laughs> messed it up last week. There's a little bit of a learning curve for me, but we're getting there. Thank you for your patience. But send those in, and we'll pray for you at the end. Or honestly, in our church, we really believe that God can speak to all of us, and and oh, so yeah. we yeah. often in our services open it up for people to share uh, a, a prophetic word or a word of knowledge that. You feel like God's given you, maybe for somebody else who's watching or for the church in general, we'd love for you to share those in the comments. We can't yeah, all stand great. up and verbally share that right now, but we can in this online format.
0: Amen. 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 Um, actually, last week we had a woman just say, Look, could you please pray for my um, sister? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And um, who was going in, so this was Sunday night, we were asked to pray. And I, this this woman has a great church family who'd been praying as well. So we'd added to our prayers to their prayers already. Um, but this woman was going into surgery on Monday morning to have yes, surgery yes, on five Monday. different spots on her body for cancer. And I don't know what stage she was in. I'm
1: not
0: um, sure. She went in for surgery and the doctor couldn't find it in her body at all. And so that is just, um, God is faithful. And we Amazing. just added prayers to that already been praying. So Amazing. we added our prayers as well. It's not. God is so good and so it's really that he's, I feel like he's really mobilizing uh, people into that place of prayer now. And I hear stories now of people like the church itself really rising in prayer. But I also hear great stories of people who are unbelievers just going, I feel like I should pray. I need to pray. How do I do that? And it's just as simple as talking to God. As simple as I'd sit and talk to my husband um, and listen, actually. Prayer is listening as much as it is um, talking. And so... um, that's it. It's having a conversation with God. That is what prayer is. And so we really, I'm, I'm so excited yeah. that I feel like over all of America right now and, and beyond America, but um, there is a, there is a. A returning back to prayer and conversation mm. with God as the thing, because mm. um, everything that we do as believers and all of our ministry has to flow out of that first, out of that place of prayer.
1: Yeah. And
0: so, because if we're not communicating with God to find out His heart and know what He wants, so yeah. what, what are we doing? We're, like we're yeah. not we're not actually being the church. We're running around with our own ideas. That's and true. so, I'd rather yeah, I'm, I'm excited that that's great. That's a return to prayer. Anyway, segueing over to him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that, that, that person she was talking about that we actually prayed for, uh, we did some follow-up because I know it was just a Facebook live comment, so we actually called the woman that put it in, uh, the request, and if, if you want to give us a shout-out here and let us know, hey, that was me, that's, that's actually my relative they prayed for. Come to find out that uh, this woman going in for the surgery, the doctors didn't even think she would make it through the surgery because of some very extenuating hairy. other health circumstances. And because of this COVID-19, her husband had to drop her off at the door of the hospital and couldn't go in himself. Sent his wife in, not knowing if she's going to survive the surgery, to deal with five areas of cancer. And the first news he got back is not only did she survive the surgery, but they couldn't find cancer. I just So in this era of isolation and anxiety and concern I want to tell you prayer makes a difference massive massive difference. God responds to us he responds to the faith that we have and it's the goodness of God is how people Mm -hmm. are actually healed so don't discount that little message that you might send in today and you might think oh it's just me putting something on Facebook listen there's a community of believers who can gather with you and pray and the Bible says if two or more would agree about anything, then it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. It's what Jesus said. So it only takes two, and you can agree on Facebook or YouTube just as much as you can sitting in a living room with somebody else. So we want to encourage you to do that, but I know that, you know, one of the things that Romy and I keep hearing a lot from people, not just in our church, but in community in general, in our different sort of spheres of friends and and, uh, business people, is there's obviously a lot of concern about the economy, isn't there?
0: Yeah. 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 And jobs and people are having cutbacks. Some have lost their job. Um, and what does that look like if you're a small business Mm. owner or even a large business owner? So there's a lot of concern and it's a right concern. So we're not trying to discount it, but we are going to really give some perspective to that today.
1: We actually have some, uh, some lots of people that we know who have lost jobs or business owners. We've got some friends that own a business that from now through June, they've lost 95% of their business because it's an event based business and all the events are canceled. And so they're scrambling, literally trying to reinvent their business right now to be able to survive. And they're kind of making it, um, but it's challenging. I know there's a lot of people, we've got business owners in our church who have had to furlough almost all of their employees. And I understand the, the cost this has as the employee who's without a job, but I also understand what it means for that business owner who is really feeling the weight of not being able to provide for their employees that's a tough time to live in and when you don't know if that paycheck is coming you're hearing news of you know stimulus money coming from the government and possible all of these things but in the reality is i don't have a job right now i don't i don't even want to look at my 401k it's probably the best thing you can do right now is not look at your (laughs) 401k but it's just a time of uncertainty it's not that maybe everything isn't doom and gloom right now but if you keep watching the news then you can find that creeping into your heart, and realizing that even if I am okay right now, I don't know what the future is going to look like, and that can be disconcerting, can't
0: mm-hmm. it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but not 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 knowing who God is. Um, because in him we have mm. um, the eternal truths of God outweigh anything that we're going through in the natural and so we might have to walk through circumstances that are tough in the natural and real and we're not trying to discount that again we're validating we're validating that reality yeah. but there's a much greater reality and that is the truth of the word of God and God yeah. is our provider god is the one who has, um, who is ultimately in control and I, I it's that well how can a good god let this happen it's it's not mm. that's not that's not this side of the argument and and by the way, that's not a, not a valid argument because he is a good God. He is mm. he is so, so good. And so we live in a broken world and there's a lot of consequence to the brokenness. There's a lot of consequence to the mm. sin. And so an individual sin or a whole nation's sin, there's consequence yeah. to sin. This evil exists in the world and we have an enemy. So it's not yeah. about a good God allowing... Bad things to happen. It's understanding that He is very, very good, and the more we can give our focus and attention to Him and His goodness and keep our heart and our um, life actually really keep in focus who Jesus is as King, um, the the circumstances and the the problem circumstances become very small in comparison to who He he is, and He is good, and He is the King of heaven. Jesus is the King of heaven, and every name every name under heaven must bow to His. And so when we can keep Him in focus and not the problems, and not what the media might be saying we need to keep Mm. in focus, but keep Jesus in focus, then the circumstances of our lives, good or bad, are minimized in comparison to who He Mm. is. And then we can start to get His instructions and His direction for life, His wisdom for life, and put in place the decisions that He wants us making. That's when we get in a place where we start to really be on the receivers of um, great grace. And yeah. uh, He meets need and He provides for people who are really following after um, His will and His heart in everything.
1: He does. He does. Yeah. I realize why I'm not never good at looking at the camera when we do oh. this. Because I'm looking at you. <laughs> You're beautiful. I just I get so distracted. Sorry. I'm like, she is so pretty. I completely I forget everything I'm supposed to talk about really? right now. No, I'm not moving on. <laughs> She's gorgeous. I love her. Today is actually our oldest child, Liam. It's his 17th birthday. Happy birthday, Liam. And I'm just looking at you going, there is no way that you are the mother of a 17-year-old. You look 17.
0: Oh yeah, okay.
1: <laughs> you really
0: need to be one. <laughs>
1: you're beautiful. So no. I had to not stop getting distracted. I have Sorry. to almost stop looking at that part of the camera. Oh, anyway, so um stories. That's what we were going to tell. <laughs> so we realized that, you know, in times when we're a little bit uncertain about what the economy looks like, what our own personal finances may look like over the next couple of years, you know, I'm not going to sit here and, and give financial advice. I'm not no, a financial no. planner. Although we do have some great stuff that uh, some of our uh, financial people in our church that are in, in that profession are going to start to put out that I'm looking forward to. We actually have a Friday morning prayer meeting and Bible study with all of our business people at Seashore Church. And it's really just become a prayer meeting, praying over businesses in our church and over businesses in our city. And one of our guys just started sharing some pretty amazing stories about what happened during the 2008 recession and how many companies were birthed in that recession that now are household names. And so we're going to put out some stuff on that pretty soon, but that's not the purpose of today. Today, We know that the Bible says in Revelation that they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. And your testimony is just your story. I know it's a very Christian-sounding word, but it just means your story of what God's actually done for you. And it made us realize that we have so many incredible stories of God's financial provision for us over the last 21 years that we've been married and even individually before we knew each other that it's, we probably should share some of that stuff. And we're not really great at always sharing the finance stories. I, I know that we share a lot of the healing testimonies that have come out of our church. But I know that a lot of people have uh, some hang-ups. Some are justified, some are not about when it comes to a church and finances and, 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 how, and all those kinds of things. So in some ways we kind of avoided it. But we just want to talk about God's faithfulness and God's goodness towards us because I know that it's gonna be an encouragement to you, whatever it is that you're facing. If you've lost your job, if you don't know if you're gonna have a job come tomorrow morning, uh, or if you're doing great right now, but are kind of feeling the weight and pressure of the economy as a whole, I know that stories like this can encourage you. And the thing about the word testimony is it actually it means- can mean you. It can
0: it, just, it, You can say testimony, do it again God, yeah, and so um, whenever you hear someone else's testimony of finance or healing or whatever it is that God has done for them in a supernatural way and brought divine help, yeah, um, you can say you can pray into that. You can and any in the Bible, by the way, too. You can pray into that and say, mm. "Okay, God, do it again in my life. What you yeah. did over there, do it again here. You healed that person; that gives me faith to believe for my healing. Yeah. You provided for that person a job or resource or finance. Do it again in my life because yes. I need. I have a need here, and yeah. God." Um, God is a good father yeah. and if, you, if, you're, if you're a parent here listening and you can understand this, you want to look after the needs of your children. There's not, if winter comes around and you want to put a, cold, a warm yeah. coat on them, you don't want them outside without a warm coat and you want warm bedding and you want a roof over their head and you want to make sure they've got the right food and you want to mm. make sure that they've got a good education. All of those things that we can think of um, being parents ourselves that we want to provide for our kids, um, that is out of the heart of the father who is our very, very good father. And so he's, he wants to be the one who we depend on and who we look to and who mm. we're really uh, looking for for real answers in our lives. Yeah, it is. Yeah.
1: So let me share a story with you from Nehemiah. And uh, as we get into this, before we start sharing some of these, uh, and I'm looking at Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 19. If you guys have your Bibles and want to turn to it, I'm going to read to you. Uh, maybe next week we'll get the scriptures up on the screen uh, if we can figure that one out. But Nehemiah chapter 9, verses 19. Uh, in verse 19 to give you a little background on this so Nehemiah was a guy who led the the captives of Israel back to their country Um, this was a time after well now I'm getting too detailed aren't I let me try to see if I can give a good synopsis of this so there was this this nation of Israel that consisted of the Jews the Hebrews that were God's people but because they had not followed God They got led into captivity in a nation called Babylon and lived there for many, many years. But God left a remnant back in Jerusalem. And so he allowed, he moved the heart of the king of Babylon that the Hebrews could be able to go back to Israel and rebuild the city, rebuild the temple so they could worship God in that city again. Imagine that. Here they are in captivity and slavery for all these years. But now they're going to go back and restart what they once had. Yeah. Back to the design that God had. They're able to reboot their whole nation again. They're able to reestablish who they were in God and what His plan for them was. So when Nehemiah leads these people back to build this, the very first thing that they built was not the temple. And it wasn't the wall we know about. The first thing they built was an altar because they knew that they had not done the sacrifices they were supposed to do and so they made the sacrifice first then they built the temple then they built the wall but when he uh when nehemiah was bringing them back he did some things that were pretty interesting because these people had been living in captivity they had been living in a time that was not good for their country not good for their city kind of like we're living in covid19 right now but way way worse they had not known what freedom was and so now as they're beginning to move back into the promise of God kinda like as if we're able to finally come out of our house and the virus is done as they're moving back in to rebuild from the ruins that were there Nehemiah goes through this chapter and reminds God's people all of the great ways God had provided for them in the past that this was not a new thing God was doing God had always provided for them long before they ended up in captivity And so Nehemiah goes through all of these stories and says, I want you to remember all the times in our history when it seemed like everything else was against us, but yet God still provided for us. That's the word that we need to hear right now. In verse 19, Nehemiah tells them, Because of your great compassion, you did not abandon them in the wilderness. By day the pillar of cloud did not fail to guide them on their path, nor the pillar of fire by night to shine on the way they were to take you gave your good spirit to instruct them you did not withhold manna from their mouths and you gave them water for their thirst for 40 years you sustained them in the wilderness and they lacked nothing their clothes did not wear out nor did their feet become swollen what a great promise from god that in all these moments of feeling like the whole world is caving in, God kept providing for them. Do you know that the 40 years they spent in the wilderness, their shoes never wore out and their clothes never wore out? Now, I'm I'm a, a little bit of a runner. I'm not a very good one, but I, I like to run a lot of miles. And I know that my shoes last me about six weeks before my shoes wear out. I also wear a size 17 <laughs> and weigh more than most. But I imagine 40 years and your shoes don't wear out. I also imagine 40 years, maybe they wanted some new shoes, some new branding, but God doesn't always give you exactly what you want. Sometimes he gives you what you need, but he always provides. And so God provided for them. And I want you to hear this because even when you stop noticing that God provides, he still provides. I wonder if they realized that their shoes weren't wearing out. I wonder how long it took for them to go, Hey, normally shoes run out by now. Hey, normally clothes wear out by now. But even when we stop noticing that God provides for us, He still keeps providing. He never stops providing. And I know that sometimes right now, concern over our finances can dominate our thinking. Like it can literally, it's like you've got a blinder right in front of you and you just can't see past it. There are things beyond the blinder but because your finances become a blinder, you can't see past it. And so all you see is the need, all you see is the concern, and all you see is the lack. But I want to encourage you that God will give you a measure of faith to believe you to provide for you, to believe Him to provide for you. And sometimes we got to understand that even faith is a provision from God. But we want to encourage you with some stories. So, honey, why don't you start out? I think you got a story about before we even met, don't you?
0: Um, yes, I do have a lot, um, so we're trying to sort through what ones, um, and I did, think about, I did think about this one, and it's, um, it seems like a little gratuitous because it was about me trying to get a car, um, but it's not. Like, Understand, it's not gratuitous, okay? Um, I, um, when I first finished college, university, I got a job as a professional, and so I was getting a great income, and, but I was a young single girl back in, so it was about 1994. Single girl, got a job. Great job, Mm. pays great money, but I needed a car. So I had never been in debt. I'd never had debt before, and I thought I needed to get a... a loan for a car and that's mm. I, I mean I don't know how people risk like for me it was a big deal to go in debt and I was really seeking God um, like I, I could afford it the budget was had lots of room in the budget but it was just the, the idea of getting past the idea of getting in debt mm. over a car and so I would keep praying Lord what should I do what's the wisdom here I need transport because I need to get to and from work and other you know transport needs but What's wisdom here? And mm. every time I prayed, I would he would drop um, Matthew six thirty three into my heart, which was seek first the kingdom of God and everything will be added. And I, every time I prayed for weeks mm. before I went and got at, uh, the car, every time the verse. And what what that was is God providing faith in my heart to Mm. understand he was reassuring my heart you're seeking me first why are you so concerned about getting in debt over a car so what i did was um i did get a loan for a car it was just a ten thousand dollar loan not even a lot of money right not and anyway so i got a loan for the car bought the car and then that same week i was given two more cars that's why I'm saying it sounds quite gratuitous on the one hand. It wasn't gratuitous. Given it was, to yeah, So I bought a car. I got a loan, bought a car. I was like, oh, I've got a car. Okay. And then got mm. over the top of that was given two more. And I sat with God going, this seems really weird now. Why, why all the thinking, should I get a loan? Should I get a loan? Why all the Bible verse just constantly pounding in my spirit, that Bible verse? And it was the Lord just said, Look, this is the over and above. I want wow. you to understand that there's so much abundance here. There's abundance. And you're, you were thinking from a place of lack should I get a car? Should I go in debt? And God was trying to break that on me. So I was given, I bought the car, but then was given two more cars. One of them I gave away. And um, since then, Since that time, that was, I mean, that's early 90s. Since that time, we've been given cars and given cars away ourselves since because um, something just broke off me in a way that I could just go, oh, God is the God of abundance. I was concerned and worried about one car and transport to and from and getting a loan. And here he was going, oh, yeah, do that. Um, I bought myself the car. um, It was a little BMW, so it was like a a pretty nice one. Um, But on top of that, he Mm. gave me two more cars to go look at the abundance. Mm. He is the God of the abundance. He is the God of, um, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills, right? And so we can't limit him to what we think our needs. We get in our head, we have this need and it's expensive and it's bigger than me and it's overwhelming. And he's like, I am God. Mm. (laughs) Pray, trust me. I have ways and means beyond what we can think or fathom or try and strive into ourselves. So... That was just three cars later. <laughs> wow, um, three cars. Yeah. <laughs> so. She
1: started telling me the story, and I'm going, "Wait, was the loan the the provision? Because that doesn't really no. sound like a provision." And she goes, "No, you don't understand. After I got the loan, two different people gave me a car. So
0: the lo- after the loan, the- and I'm
1: like, I, I." I it's so out of the box for me. I couldn't get my head around it. And, the loan. Uh, I'm just, I will
0: just give const- the loan was not the provision for finance and the cars. Yeah. The loan. The, the loan. God, I took out a loan for the car, which I paid back, but the, and fully and quickly. But uh, um, the loan, getting the getting the loan, it was that God was giving me the provision of faith. Yeah. The faith in our heart. pistis is the Greek word for faith, and that is the persuasion of the Holy Spirit in our heart and he was persuading me to go it is okay this is doable you have it Mm. and all in your budget and you can do it It's manageable Mm. yes go ahead do it so he was providing faith to do that and then blew me away that a week within a week i've been given two more cars so it was the over and above that was yeah anyway i'll
1: i'll I'll take some of that i don't have that story (laughs) i wish i did that's a great story you know i remember um I think when Rummy was telling me this story, I was actually, I think just yesterday, we were talking about this. The thing that really struck me is when she was trying to decide whether she should get a loan or not, that's a big deal. She had a job and could easily pay this loan. It was $10,000. It wasn't like a big financial burden, but she needed to kind of hear from God that, hey, this is is okay. This is doable. Debt's not something we're big fans of, even back then. And so she just needed to know, God, is this is this okay?
0: It was. It was. It was just the seeking of, should I? Should I? This is something yeah. that I'm going to be stuck with for a little bit of time. Should yeah. I even be doing it and entering into a place of yeah. having debt? And so it's yeah. just... You know, it's every decision that we make in life, we can bring before him and really ask for his context and his involvement in that decision-making process. And I think he loves to be involved at every level of our life. He wants to be. He knows it all and sees it all. And every day that we live on this earth, we lived out before his presence anyway. So why not invite him in and ask him about everything and and have a habit of just ask, ask, ask. And uh, should I be doing this? Should I be doing that? Should I not? Should I hear? And it's not out of becoming... Mm. Um, he's a good father and he cares for your every day mm. every single day he cares and loves and wants to be involved because he wants to show himself as a good father and not just have that have that as a piece of rhetoric or a song we sing he wants you very confidently knowing his goodness and his faithfulness is to his children to mm. show himself strong on their behalf it so it it's give him opportunities by asking him into yeah. every moment
1: yeah
0: you mm. mean
1: Amen. So in that process, you had been asking God, hey, is this okay? And, and God said, yes, go for it. Like, get the loan. And this is going to become a theme of a lot of these stories. I know that many of you are asking, what am I supposed to do in this moment? Well, Romy needed a word. She needed God to speak to her, and he did. But when God spoke to her, get alone. It sounds silly, right? It's not life or death. It's not major shift, but she just knew in this area I want to be a good steward of my finances and I need an okay from heaven. And God said go for it. She really felt that she had heard from God on that and then she obeyed. God spoke to her and she acted on it and she obeyed. She did what God told her to do. If you're looking to figure out how do I respond to these times, it's not super difficult. You need to hear God for yourself, and you need to do what He says. I've learned this lesson so many times in my life. There's been some seasons when I felt like God's voice was a little bit quieter than I would like, maybe a little more distant than I had liked. And I realized that it's not because He's not saying anything. It's because I'm listening to the wrong thing. I might be tuned into the wrong channel. I'm letting the blinders of my need keep me from seeing him and the the noise of the world around me to crowd out his voice in my life but if I can eliminate that stuff and focus in and hear him then I'll hear his voice in my life and I know you will too but when I do hear him and he speaks do what he says I
0: mean I mean
1: and that's where provision comes from yeah and so all these stories that we have are really from our hearing in our obedience. Mm-hmm. I haven't always been the most obedient to God's voice in my life, but when I have been, that's when He's come through. I remember when we met and started dating, and even just us kind of making the decision, well, making the decision to get married, I asked you to marry me, and I remember it was, it was you know, we were living in Australia. I was playing professional basketball in Australia, and we've been dating for 13 months, I think. It's a long time. Been dating for 13 months, and and I love this girl with all of my heart. And I couldn't imagine life without her. But I was on a, a, a one-year contract for a basketball team in Australia. My home was America. And so all these things began to swirl in my head that if I, if I get married, I don't know what that's going to mean. Is that Do I live in Australia? Do I live in America? Do I live in Europe? This could mean a lot more change than just taking somebody on as a, as a spouse. And so I'm really weighing up. I'm going, I love this girl, but there's so much stuff that I haven't figured out yet. And if you know me, I like to figure everything out before I make a move. I'm not actually very impulsive. um, But once I do decide, there's no talking me out of stuff. Uh, But I need to get all my ducks in a row, so to speak. And I just didn't have it. And I knew that she deserved a man that was going to be a very special person. And there was a bit of You're questioning special. in my own heart. You're Thank you. Special.
0: He's more special.
1: But in that moment, <laughs> I didn't know if I could be the husband that she needed. And, and so there's all these things. You when know, I talked about the noise, all this noise in my head, and I remember we were spending a day on the beach at Chinaman's Beach in Jervis Bay in New South Wales in Australia. It's kind of a wintry day on the beach together. We just finished a bit of a hike. And I've got all these things swirling in my head. I knew that God wanted to provide a spouse for me. It was probably it was the thing I wanted more than anything else. But yet I had all these questions and all these noise and all these distractions going on in my head. She's going to tell her perspective <laughs> on this in a minute. That's why she's laughing right now. But I remember sitting there on the beach, and I'm looking at her. We're actually not talking to each other because I'm praying. I'm saying, God, I really love this girl, but I don't know how to figure this out. And he says, ask her now. I went, what? He said, ask her now to marry you. But God, what about this and that and this? And you get that flush. Sometimes, you know, God speaks to you because you get that flush inside. Oh, maybe it's butterflies. It's adrenaline
0: too. I know. And I'm just like,
1: oh, (laughs) uh, oh, oh. So I looked at her and now I'm like, I haven't bought a ring. I don't have a plan. (laughs) This is pre-Instagram, so I didn't have people hiding in the woods with a <laughs> camera to post it on Instagram. And I just went, um, I don't have much of a plan, but would you marry me? And why don't you give your perspective on what was happening around that time and you as well.
0: Well, I, I didn't know. So I was 29 years old and I um, hadn't really dated and, um, before. So I didn't really even know what it meant to have a boyfriend. <laughs> so, um... But I just remember on the beach for a little while in silence, and he's not saying anything, and, but I'm praying, so he's sitting praying one thing, and I'm sitting praying something as well. But I was sitting praying because we'd been dating 13 months, and I was praying, God, I don't want to keep wasting my time dating someone who's just playing games here. If he's not going to ask me to marry him, I'm, I'm wasting time. <laughs> There's more things to be doing in the kingdom than just dating and having fun. So
1: <laughs> I told you she's going to be a special man, right? I told you that. <laughs>
0: If was not going to ask me to marry him, I really, I'm going to yeah. not keep dating this person.
1: Yeah,
0: And then he popped the question.
1: <laughs> it was literally, that was what was going through your mind. Yeah. And then I popped the question. So when I said, would you marry me? So, she looks at me like a deer in the headlights and she doesn't say anything. <laughs> I got no response at all. And then she just kind of, as a little tear comes out and she gives me a big hug. I'm like, I did like, say
0: yes, but it was through it. Wow. Oh my gosh, you just answered my prayer, God. I
1: said, is, 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 that, a, is that a yes? <laughs> she goes, yes. Yeah. And it's almost as if in that moment, I know that God wanted to provide a wife for me. It was what I wanted more than anything else in the world at that point in time. But yet all the noise was crowding out what I could hear from God, but I needed a word from God. And I'm sitting there asking God. At the same time, Romy's going, is he ever going to ask me to marry me? It's almost as if God's on a, got two telephones. He's like, hey, Romy, hang on a second. Hey, Clayton, ask her now. Hey, watch what happens. And then I ask her, and boom, there it is. See, it's not just hearing. It's hearing and obeying. We've been married 21 years now, and I am more in love with her now than I was then. That might not be a financial provision, story right it's now. It's
0: relational provision. But it's, it's relational th- right. it's provision. provision. It's the better provision than even the finance. Side. Hear his Way
1: voice. Better. Do what he says. Yeah. So then we get married and
0: don't hit that.
1: Don't hit the microphone. <laughs> I just hit the <laughs> microphone. <laughs> then after uh, we were married for about three years and she got pregnant with Liam, our our first child, and we realized, you know what, this apartment that we got is okay, but we need a house.
0: Yeah, I think, yeah, we, we were coming up we were, well, we, had, we were married four years when um, we had him, but we were living in a small apartment. And honestly, it was all we could afford at the time, so no big deal. Um, but, but, I, but it was small, and I um, was pregnant. And as women do when they're pregnant, they whip maternity clothes. I had to put my regular clothes, because it's a tiny wardrobe, tiny apartment, tiny wardrobe. Mm. I had to put my um, maternity clothes away in a box and put that, oh, sorry, my regular clothes away in a box so I could fit my maternity clothes in the wardrobe. And this was a Friday afternoon, and I was kind of um, frustrated praying. Like, I don't want to put my regular clothes back in this wardrobe, God. If it's going to be anywhere, I want it to be in a house. And it was kind of a frustrated prayer. Uh, Anyway, so I took care of that and did some house cleaning and then went for a walk up the street and back because I just love Mm. to walk when I pray. So I went walking, and I was really praying, God. We've been told, no, we can't afford a house. We've been told we can't get an, a mortgage. We've been told, get another job. <laughs> so financial advice is like, if you ever want to have a house, you know, don't yeah. be a pastor, which is just stupid to say. Because um, this man was a believer. Uh, God love him. God bless that man. <laughs> so we were obeying God. And mm-hmm. so um, that's what I say, obey God, not not the advice of others, even well-meaning people who really are invested for your success. It's God is the most invested mm-hmm. in your success, so mm-hmm. obey him. Um, and so I went for a walk, Lord, all of these negative things that people have said that we shouldn't buy, we can't buy, wrong time, get a new job, you get another job, whatever. Um, I, I just left it on the altar, just put it before God. And it was a Friday after, Friday afternoon, like evening, came home and um, we were just talking, went to bed and it was the very next morning mm. at about eight o'clock in the morning or 7.30, Clayton's mum called us saying, there's a house for sale. A block away from me, yeah, and it was the house we're in right now. But you should, you should tell.
1: Yeah, Ma- Ma- of course, your mom's gonna call and say, "Oh, there's a house available right <laughs> around the corner from my house." <laughs> but it's the neighborhood I grew up in, and so, you know, financially, we were intern pastors at the time. We were grateful that we even got paid for doing ministry. It was people get paid for this. This is this is unbelievable. But it was it was very little salary as most internships are, and so. We went around, had a look at this house and for the moment I walked in this house, this little uh, three bedroom, two bath house, which was just the right size for us. And it was just a great fit. And this was in uh, 2002, the the end of 2002 that we were looking at the house and we walked in and just had a walk, looked around and went, oh wow. And the lady selling it was actually, this was her childhood home that she was selling. She was a real estate agent. I know these details aren't super important, but we're walking through. Here we are, a new couple about to have our first Vegan baby. Pregnant
0: yeah, pregnant, too.
1: And then we, we leave, and I called a mortgage friend of mine who I'd never had a mortgage, never applied for a loan, and she just said, hey, you can always sign a contract because if you don't qualify for the mortgage, then you're out of the contract anyway. I hope I said that right. I'm not going to say their name in case <laughs> that's not right. But, but I was like, I, so I called this lady back three hours after we had left her house, And here's what I said. Now remember, Romy had earlier prayed, God, we need a home. I'm I'm just believing you for this. I believe this is what you want for us. But financially, there was no way this was gonna happen. And this was right before the housing boom took off. And so we called this lady back and I said, Hey, my wife and I have been talking. We think we want to sign a contract on the house. And this is what she said. She said, I'm so glad you called back because ten other people came in after you three of them offered me cash on the spot, one of them for $5,000 more than my asking price, and I told them all no, just hoping you'd call us back.
0: Yeah, yeah, and so...
1: Who does that? No. <laughs> Nobody does that, right? Turn down cash, yeah. more than the offering yeah. price. So then uh, yeah. we, we, we somehow miraculously qualified for this <laughs> mortgage. I don't know how this happened. And then well,
0: we actually qualified for less and she still agreed. Well, the house appraised
1: for, for less. So the house appraised for yeah. $2,000 less than our asking price, which we would have had to come up with in cash. And she said, I'll drop the price. So she lost $7,000 on this yeah. because yeah. she wanted us to have it. And I just yeah. went only God yeah. in this season, yeah. only God. Yeah. And the price we paid for our house in 2002, actually 2003, when we closed, within three years our house value doubled in three years because that's when the the market kind of took off god's timing on all this stuff Mm. we got a word from god we obeyed and that's what happened and i just i'm just so thankful for god's provision there was another moment when we uh we had a bit of a flood in our downstairs room from our laundry (laughs) room
0: it wasn't a little bit of a flood we have a we have a, um, a converted garage, Yes. It's like an extra room. So it's an office space, worship space. It's just music room and office. Now it's an now office and worship Now, its it, is. it wasn't then, it was just a really dingy.
1: Just give you a bit of a uh, <laughs> this is a helpful hint. If you pull out the drain pipe from your washing machine to clean out that uh, the drain, <laughs> make sure you put it back in before you do another cycle and go out of the house for a day or so. Yeah. Um, anyway, or so unless you want to remodel the entire downstairs, uh, then feel free the to flood. leave that drain plug out, and you'll be remodeling your entire downstairs room as a result. It's
0: two rooms: there's a laundry and then an extra big room. And so the flood, the flood was so bad that the wall, the wall that was the wall started coming down, and um, it was odd. And but so we were stripping out. We were we you know did all the demos, stripped out all the carpet in that one room, yeah. and stripped off all of the walls and pulled everything back to studs mm. but that also meant pulling out we had a washer and a dryer which was just an old dinky like dingy washer and dryer did the mm-hmm. job but but it was <laughs> but we were we were moving everything out and i happened to pray clayton didn't even know i prayed this yeah. i happened to pr- as we're moving the washer and dryer out happened to pray it led this sitting out on the side there's a door off these off this room moving them out going god i don't want to put these dinky old things back into that laundry yeah just a prayer. It was barely a prayer, it was more a complaint. And I do not say complain your prayers, but I do know that, um, that um, he hears everything. He does hear everything. He hears everything and he really does want to show himself to be a good yeah. father. So I, I prayed that kind of, com- I, I don't want to call it a complaint, but it kind of was like, oh Lord, I don't, I don't want to put these back in here. Yeah. And that's not that we had a lot of budget to even fix this space up the way it was fixed. Yeah. Um, but within one week, it was all fixed and someone had turned up and purchased for us a brand new top of the line washer dryer and they sit in my laundry now. They were brand new. top of the line. And um, I was just blown away because I d I didn't even tell my husband I'd prayed that prayer. So I and we didn't someone else had purchased it this and I'm saying this so people don't understand um there's been times when I have heard from the Lord, I have to turn up into someone's life and I have to be the person who's putting my own check down or my own cash down. But there's equally been times in our lives when people have turned mm. up and gone, I'm going to buy you this person, this because I've heard from yeah. heaven that, that this is a need that they have right now or a blessing that God wants yeah. to bless them with right now. And yeah. so that happened that day on a, on a prayer that was a barely breathed prayer of, God, yes. I don't want to put this old washer and dryer back into my house. Yeah. And so I have it very
1: nice. What a great gift! And here's the other thing: is you know, we we learned very early on that when you're in a position of a kind of an upfront role, I guess, as communicators, pastors, you're yeah. often speaking to lots of people uh, is never to express need. Mm. You know, I, I've seen pastors just gotten up in front of their congregation, and said, "Pray for me. My car broke down. I don't have money for a new one." Wink, wink, hint, hint, and and all of a sudden the church buys them a car. I, I hate that stuff. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. and uh, we were lucky to come out of a church that taught us not to do that. Trust God, but don't mm-hmm. express mm-hmm. need. Mm-hmm. Like, express your needs to God, mm. and then give the story of God's blessing to people once it happens, but don't come to them with the need. It was great advice that we got. And so that's why we want to come to you with the stories of God's provision for us. I've got three more that I want to share, so we're going to try to get through these uh, kind of quickly. You know, there was um, Rumi. I think, shared this in a blog post or a video post on Facebook yesterday
0: oh, oh,
1: that, you know, there was a a time right before we began to plant what is now Seashore Church where uh, we kind of found ourselves without a job. We we knew that God had called us to plant a church. We were on staff at another church, and part of that transition meant that in one day we lost uh, all of our income, all of our health insurance, and we found ourselves without a job. Kind of like what a lot of people are dealing with now. Maybe you've been furloughed, maybe you've been laid off, maybe the whole company that you've been a part of is going under, but we suddenly found ourselves uh, and we were living paycheck to paycheck, but we found ourselves without that paycheck, without our health insurance, with three kids, and I had to pay mortgage and put food on the table that week. But we knew that we had heard from God that we were meant to step out and, and plant what is now Seashore Church, but we'd also made an agreement from our our previous church that we were going to wait a year before we actually did that uh which ended up being a year of absolute blessing for us what looked like was going to be an extreme desert season of just tightening your belt as much as you possibly can ended up being a season Mm -hmm. of tremendous Mm -hmm. provision and blessing more than we could ever ask hope or imagine And in that season, there are some things that happened to us and there are some things that we did. I will tell you this, Romy and I both determined we will not ask anyone for a penny. Now, I know a lot of church plants are done differently. And and the most important thing is that if you're planting a church, beginning a ministry, do what it is that God's told you to do. There's some great church planting organizations that will financially back churches when they start. Uh, but we determined from the very beginning, because it's what God spoke to us—not out of pride, but we were not going to uh, take money from other organizations or even ask for it. It's a better way to say that, and you well, know,
0: the Holy Spirit had really instructed us yeah. to to not do that. And so, what yeah. this is about is. There's lots of different church planting models, yeah. and some of them are amazing. So, yeah. But the Holy Spirit really very definitely spoke to us specifically about a s- to a us, certain yeah. few things that we were to do yeah. and or not do. Yeah. And one was to not take offerings and not ask for a penny. Yeah. And 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 on the back of it, the Holy Spirit actually yeah. said...
1: There was no offerings because there was no church. There was no way to ask anyway. <laughs> right. But specifically, but even, we, we were not looking for other churches to support us. Yeah as a ministry. uh, We didn't ask one person for finances to support us personally. We didn't even express a need. In fact, when I left, I began driving for Uber. That was my thing. Now, I don't know if you've driven for Uber. It's incredibly great ministry training. Any church planners (laughs) out there, drive for Uber, drive for Lyft. You will get the heartbeat of your city more than any other job you could possibly have,
0: True
1: (laughs) but you're not going to make any money doing (laughs) it. And so... I was doing that, but really wasn't making all that much money for it and then something interesting happened the next day after we came off staff something happened you want to share um
0: well uh, well we we found out on the Friday that we were losing the job um and so Monday morning so this is um Monday morning so just you you'd think you'd think um that's it's a freak out moment. I like, get yeah, it's a freak out moment. Lose your job, lose your ability to pay everything, mortgage everything. But on like literally on the Monday morning, um, someone turned up on our front porch with a check in their hand to say um, unrelated to the story, unrelated to anything that we'd done for many many years, we knew this person from 10 years earlier only and had not had contact. So this is how I know it's the Holy Spirit because mm. this person was sitting in there, a different church on a different uh, on the Sunday and um, said that the holy spirit spoke to them that day that we that she was to come find us that we was planting a church and that she was to come join us and and mm. she gave us the first check toward what we were doing and to me to me that was just the holy spirit it's like um, it's just like a great big kiss on what we were doing and yeah. when i say great big kiss like yeah. his his hand of yeah see i've got you yeah i've got you and yeah. so and that Started that one person started what became for the next two weeks just a lot of um, checks in the mail and people turning up on our doorstep with provision that they had specifically said the Holy Spirit had prompted me to do this and so it it was great it was
1: great at the time that woman showed up on our porch she didn't know that we were planning a church she didn't even I don't even know she knew that we had left where we were but she heard from God. And she had obeyed what he said. I think the check was $57. I think that was what the amount was. was. Yeah, it was like, it, it was small.
0: It wasn't but small it was, for her. It started, because, it started a floodgate. Yeah,
1: but yeah. it was like the seed that was sown. And it was God's way of saying, I told you, if you do what I said, if you hear me and obey me, I'm going to provide for you. And one of the specific things God told us, not the same for everybody else, was don't raise finances. Watch me provide for you. And so I was like, "Okay, God, I gotta pay bills." So we got this check, and I'm thinking. I, at first, I said, "No, this, this belongs in your church. I, I won't take this." This, and, and God, is she? This woman got mad and said, "Are you telling me to disobey God?" So I'm like, "Swallow your pride, Clayton. Learn to take the check." You know, and then it started this thing where we would gather. Uh, on Friday nights our family would just have just a family night a together meeting. and we yeah. started to pray with our family together and worship together. And then we had two families that said, hey, we don't we don't have a church either. Do you mind if we come to your family night because we'd love to pray and worship with you? And we're like, yeah, sure. But there's no church. We're waiting a year. There's no, We understand that. We just want to worship together with somebody. And then it grew from there where more people came. People started getting healed. And then a group of these people got together and said, we really feel like God's spoken to us that we're supposed to support you two so you don't have to work during this year where you can just focus on planning the church and praying and hearing from God. And, I, and, and they started to support us. And I honestly, I resisted it. I just said, no, I'm, I'm not going to do that. Because I'm thinking, here's my stupidness, right? No, I don't need that. God's going to provide for me. God's going. Hello, how did you think I was going to do this? And so they said, "Look, we really feel like God's done this, and you need." To, and they were good friends of mine too. So they said, "I, we, we, you need to swallow your pride and let us do this." And I was like, "Ugh, okay." And so they began to support us, and within that first week,
0: well, that was that was that that story was a few months later, right?
1: But yeah. within one week, yeah, we had had three uh-huh. months worth of what we needed to survive. It was amazing. I couldn't believe it. And God was teaching me something. God was teaching me, if you hear me and you obey me, there are lots of things that other people work very hard to do that you're not going to have to do. There are things that you're going to have to work hard on, but more than anything, I want you to hear me and I want you to do what I say and watch me provide in that season. And so it became a season of provision and blessing for us. So much so that to this day, we eventually, about 15 months later, started the church. Um, We incorporated just so we could start receiving money as a church and there'd be accountability for this so people aren't writing us personal tithe checks. We wanted to make sure that very early on we got our 501c3, set up our corporate structure so that there's accountability for the money that's coming in and how the money's going out. And so we did all that the right way, legally way more than we're ever required to by the IRS. We made sure we did that very early. But I remember um, he's trying to teach us, if you listen to me, I'll provide for you. And so what that meant was that, to this day, we've never taken up an offering in our church. So I didn't that. It's crazy, right?
0: So we've been functioning as a church for two and a half years and we have not taken up an offering.
1: Not only have we not Except asked anyone one. personally for money or asked another church for money. I've had churches that said they were going to send the money and they didn't. That's okay, <laughs> but I never asked for anything. And we've never asked an individual for any money for us personally or the ministry. And we've never taken up an offering for the but, church. Uh, but we, uh, we've provided ways for people to give because they pushed us. They're like, would you please set up online giving so that we can give? And so on our website, we set up an online giving portal and people just started to give.
0: But I want to I just give a little <clears throat> bit of context here because it, there was the Holy Spirit who said, and again, this is, um, this is, I do not say do this unless you specifically hear from the Holy Spirit yeah. to do this. He said to us, do not take up offerings see what i will do see what i can do and so that you recognize that this has got to be something of god and not something that you're driving and pushing yeah. yourself and constantly asking for finances yeah. for and so um we didn't we haven't in our church to, in two and a half years we've taken up one offering only and it was for a single mum, and it was so that we could replace a car for her. And so um, that was it. We didn't keep any of it. And it was was the the only only reason we did it is because the Holy Spirit said there's a need over here, and it was a woman who didn't come to our church. So we took up an offering, and um, that was just something given freely, freely gift, because this woman just needed to know there's a God in heaven who is a good father and loves her. So it was just a need met for a woman in our community. But I I, I am, again, just reiterating, um, we're not saying as church planters you should not, raise finances and we're not saying and we do uh, and
1: if your church takes up offerings that's good that's that's not i mean god teaches us to be generous we're not knocking those and there may be a day when we do that but the day we'll do that is when god says to not because we feel like we have to yeah and so we
0: have a very high value for understanding that right stewardship of finances like like so many other aspects of our life as 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 believers we should be stewarding relationships and health and everything um but um it's just a, it's just an odd thing and and odd it's not yeah. odd it's the holy spirit right yeah. and he he's the one who said don't take up offerings um for this and we and we haven't don't yeah. take up offerings in church see what yeah. i will do yeah. and we have and we've really it's been very amazing to see what God has done um, and has taken off pressure. It's taken off wrong striving off us because the Holy Spirit has said, there's been specific other areas that yeah. he said, don't do this, just do this instead. And it would, be, it would seem uh, not conventional. Yeah. And when I say not conventional, I mean not like doing what every other place is doing. It's just, yeah. this is the thing is, hear the Holy Spirit and obey him because Good. it's God's church and the Holy Spirit Early on, said, "I want my church my way," and so we've just determined in our heart to hear and obey. And it's a daily thing for our for our own life as individuals, but at, on a, on a bigger level, our own family and then the church. Our church is yeah. hear and obey. And so, if you if you're in the place of flowing. In the Holy Spirit, listening to him, practice, yeah. practice hearing his voice because he's very, very involved yeah. in you hearing his voice and you confidently knowing what his voice sounds like and you being able to say, I've heard God and I know what I have to do. I know what decision I have to make. I know what I have to do over here. I know what I have to do. He's yeah. very, very, he takes the initiative to um, make his voice known to you and for you to have faith to know it's his voice. Um, I have another really quick story. Um... I think that might have just interrupted the... That's right. Thank you. Thank you. Um, sorry, we've got a phone call. That was call. me there giving was a, a phone call, call <laughs> on my
1: Facebook live phone. So. Can, I, can I tell one, one more story too? Yeah. So okay. here's another cool... So in that season, right, when we first had... It was within, like, I think a week or two of us coming off staff and not having a salary, not having any health insurance, not knowing where it's going to come from, Romy comes to me and she goes hey, I think I've heard from God again. I think I'm supposed to get my master's degree, my master's in divinity. And I got excited. I was like...
0: It's about a month later, two, a month, month. two months later. Yeah,
1: yeah. She's going to correct all my dates. No, I, Well... So... Because I can't remember dates, so I'm glad she does. <laughs> so in that process, she and I'm going to get excited. I was like, oh, that's great. Like in, yeah, I was going to afford that. Like in three years, right? Like when once we get everything going, and she goes, um, no, no I think I'm supposed to do no. it now. And I just applied. <laughs> And they accepted me, and I was like, "Oh, okay. Well, how much is the first class?" And she goes, "Well, it's it's seven hundred dollars." And I was like, "Man, that is that is beyond what we've got right now." But okay, I'll get some faith for it. Let's believe God; He's provided for us before. And okay, let me get there. And then she comes back to me the next day and says, "Um, I was spending some time with God again, and..." I'm actually supposed to do two classes, honey. Maybe you and shouldn't spend so. Maybe you shouldn't spend so much time with the Lord. Maybe this is some me time that you need. And she said, she said it's. And I got the numbers wrong. It's uh, actually eight hundred dollars a class, and I forgot the book fees too. Or she just found out. I said, well, how much is all this going to be? And she said, it's two thousand dollars. And honestly, my heart's response in that season was. And a little bit, my heart sank. But I know that she can hear from God. And I know how to trust God and obey God. And she does too. But I'll be honest with you. I did not have faith for $2,000 in that season. I didn't. And so it was I'm, for
0: another $2,000 after we'd seen and believed everything else. Was, right. It was This again. is on
1: top of the mortgage and the <laughs> the food on the table, the show, all that sort of stuff. And so, um, you know, I, I was like, here, I didn't have faith for it. I didn't. But here's what I told God. I said, God, honestly, I I need faith for this. I don't feel like I have it, but I trust you. I trust you. And that Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding, but acknowledge Him in all your ways, and He'll make your path straight. So I said, I may not have a gift of faith for this, but I can trust you. And I trust that my wife can hear from you. And I trust that you can speak to her and we're going to obey, which means we're going to trust you in this area. Now, I didn't go out and figure out how to make $2,000 because that was something God had specifically told us. I don't want you to go work and make this happen. Watch what I do. The very next day, we get a knock on our door. I mean, how many times can you get a knock on your front door? (laughs) There's a lady standing on our porch. No small talk. We knew this person. But she said, God woke me up at 3 o'clock in the morning and told me that I'm supposed to write a check to you, and it's a very specific amount. Here is her check, and it was for $2,000. The exact amount, not the $700, but the $2,000, and I almost hit the floor. I'm long past the point of arguing with people about supporting us, but she had no idea. Remember, we don't express the need. She had no idea that we had a need for this. She had no idea we didn't have any money for this. And that's a big check. This is not a millionaire. This is somebody, this, this, this would have hurt. This would have been something that was a sacrificial gift for them. But see, it was one of those people that we had been teaching to hear from God for, them, for themselves and to trust and obey what He says when He says it. And when you teach people that, you got to live with the consequences of that. What if you teach a hey, pastor? What if you teach somebody to hear from God and obey, and God tells them to leave your church? Are you still going to trust God? This was one of those moments, and so we took it and we said, "Thank you, I, I can't believe it." And Rummy is almost about a semester or two away from oh, no, her, I've got, I've got, her masters oh, in oh,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: her ma- she's a year away from her masters in divinity, and it was all part of God's provision for us. God's good. And there's one more story I wanted to tell too, unless you had well we're running out of time, aren't we? Because I I do all the talking. Sorry, honey. So back in July of last year, uh, our daughter, Bella, she's 12 years old. She's she's my princess, you know? And um, we noticed she had been getting sick for a couple of days, uh, but really didn't know what was going on. And so we were trying to keep her hydrated and everything. And Ended up taking her to the emergency room because she just wasn't well at all. And come to find out, she was in what's called diabetic ketoacidosis. It's a long term to me that her blood sugar, uh, where most people's normal blood sugar should be around 100, hers was at 1600. And she was on the verge of, of death. And uh, it was a very trying time for us. I remember looking at the face of these doctors who were telling us, your daughter's diabetic. It was a tough time for us. Uh, type 1 diabetic. Because my brother was a diabetic, I knew exactly what that meant. And here I was thinking I'm taking my daughter in because she's got the flu and finding out that she has a life altering illness that without God's touch will be with her for the rest of her life. So we spent two days in the, the PICU over at CHKD. Another week after that, And I know, having been in that situation, that bills are piling up. I don't even wanna think about them. I don't wanna look at them. I'm dealing with the health of my daughter, who now is doing, she's managing this diabetes and still believing God for healing. But one of the hardest parts about dealing with life threatening illnesses, and maybe there's people dealing with this COVID situation right now that are feeling the financial strain of this as well, that there's a huge financial cost that in the back of my mind, I know what's happening. But I don't, remember the health insurance thing? We really didn't have the health insurance that we had before because we had left where we were before. And in the natural, this was looking really bad for us. I get a hospital bill, all of them together was about $50,000. And I just went, Lord, <laughs> you provided a $57 check on our porch. You provided a $2,000 check on our porch. You have paid our mortgage. You have paid for our food. You have provided for us in more ways than we could possibly imagine. I've got no doubt. Do it again. Do it again. That word testimony, it means do it again. So I just laid it at his feet and said, Lord, I need some, some help here. And through working through some of the social workers at CHKD who are unbelievably brilliant it's a little complicated but in one after some applications and applying for some things and some some government programs every single penny of that fifty thousand dollars was paid for within three months all of it we owe nothing now if god can provide for the finances for her hospital bill don't you think he could provide for her healing as well If God could speak to the heart of of two pastors of a church to take up an offering to provide a car for a single mom who saw the need that this young girl had and met that need at a critical time in her life. You see, when she got that car for free, we didn't know this and no one knew this, but just a few weeks later, she lost one of those children who died in a tragic drowning accident. But because we had heard God and obeyed about getting her a car at a time when our church couldn't really afford it, yet they came so generously. I'll tell you what happened. We took up an offering, took up enough money to buy a car, and then somebody donated a car to her. So the extra, we were able to pay for her insurance and groceries. Because, and this is a church that doesn't ask people to give, but they just give generously. But in that moment of need that she has, God met a need that she had, and she knew God sees my need, He loves me, and He will provide for me. And then a few weeks later, she tragically loses this child. But by then, she knew the goodness of God. And we just want to encourage you today, whatever it is that you're dealing with, if you have a financial situation, a burden that you're dealing with, I hope our stories can inspire you because it's not just our stories. And I'll be honest, it's not because we're just people of great faith. It's because we've endeavored to hear God and do what He says. Those two things will help you inherit the promises that God has for us. Through faith and patience, we inherit the promise of God. Right now we need both. We need a little bit of patience as we're stuck in the house. We need some faith, but just hear His voice wherever you are and trust Him to do what He says.